Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, That Time When edition. Now, today I am joined by one of the most smooth-faced 33, nearly 34-year-old men you will ever see. In the Formula One world, <laughs> it is, of course, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, who also founded my heart. Ah, uh, very nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> you we're, we're a lot more polite on this uh, than when it's like Leclerc and Verstappen doing a title battle in the race ones where we're just like, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we're being, we've been very nice. Where it's got nothing to do with our favorite drivers. <laughs> right. Today, we are talking about the t- that time when Hamilton almost lapped the entire field. Now, for once, I can reflect on a race where I can say I was there. Usually it's Tommy saying, oh, I was, back. I was there in 1972 and oh, I was a great <laughs> race. And uh, I, in fact, uh, was yeah there for the 2008 British Grand Prix where Lewis Hamilton performed one of the best wet weather drives I think you can say in, in Formula One history. It's definitely up there. You can't. You yep. can't class it as the best because how do you do that? But it's one <laughs> of, uh, and we're going to be talking about it, reflecting on it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I remember this day very well, actually. Uh, it was very cold. I remember sat there on the, um, well, it would have been the old pit straight. So it would have been into Cops Corner was turn one. Yeah. Uh, so I was sat there in the grandstand with my dad and I was shivering. I'm not even joking. Like I, I felt like I was Oh, well, over. yeah, I mean, I can see here, it, this is the 6th of July in the UK, peak of summer, and it was 15 degrees centigrade. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> raining. Yeah. And it was windy, of course. With Did you have a brolly? As well. I hope you had a brolly. Uh, no, I think I had some sort of terrible raincoat. Uh, That'll be so why you're freezing as well. <laughs> yes, so it was it was very, very cold day. I remember that. And uh, let's have a look now and, and reflect on what Formula 1 was like in 2008. And wow, it is a long time ago because Kimi Raikkonen was the reigning champion. Good old Kimi when he actually tried in Formula One. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> was, yeah, the world champion. Uh, you had Kovalainen, Heike Kovalainen, who was Hamilton's teammate at McLaren. It was only Lewis Hamilton's second year in Formula One after having that heartbreaking year uh, in his debut uh, where he narrowly missed out on the championship. And then you had Alonso, who had gone back to Renault. And Hamilton's form was actually being questioned after having two bad races. So that just sounds like <laughs> that just sounds like peak Lewis Hamilton. Uh, it, media it does, doesn't it? Yeah, the British press um, love to to go in when things aren't great on on drivers. But yeah, Hamilton had a good start to the year, uh, and then two bad races to say the least. So the Canadian Grand Prix, he was winning comfortably, um, and people will will know about this i'm sure but he uh, there was a um everyone came into the pits there was a red light on the pit entry and he slammed into the back of Kimi Raikkonen uh cost himself the victory 
uh, really sort of embarrassing uh, error. And it also gave him a 10-place grid drop penalty for the next race, which was France. Um, so he started the race down in 13th uh, and also picked up a drive-through penalty in that race as well because he cut one of the corners um, and finished down in 10th. So classic media, uh, only as good as your last race. But if you have two bad races, you're absolutely washed and the worst driver in history. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hamilton uh, was in a bit of a uh, bit of a difficult stage of his career under a lot of pressure especially i guess as well you can you can argue even though it's early days in his career it wasn't that long since losing that that title as well in such heartbreaking fashion indeed so let's take a look at qualifying then for the 2008 british grand prix and cars actually ran their race fuel in qualifying so we've actually done a video uh, back on our youtube channel quite a while ago at ref- just taking a look at all the crazy different qualifying formats and formula one did like trying uh, a few different um, methods of trying to spice up uh, the action so yes they had to run their race fuel in qualifying and that allowed Heike Kovalainen to take pole position uh, with lewis hamilton only fourth behind mark webber and kimi raikkonen but of course, with cars running their race fuel and with pit stops being a thing. And refueling back then, yeah, yeah you could exactly. underfuel. Yeah. So whoever got pole position didn't necessarily mean that was the fastest driver of the weekend or the driver that would necessarily win the race. Sometimes teams would underfuel just because they wanted to glory run or potentially hope for an early safety car and, and things like that. So Heike Kovland took pole, as I say, uh, but it probably wasn't very representative for, for Heike to be quicker than Lewis. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, that's fair. Um, he didn't. I don't think he got another pole all year and got uh, only one win that was rather fortunate, to say the least, but that will be for a, another day, I'm sure. <laughs> Indeed. So let's take a look at the race start then, shall we? Hamilton, I remember it, sat there. Absolutely- Wait, what, what corner were you at? So Sorry, I was actually at, I was at the, on the starting grid. So oh, I lovely! On it. I wasn't. I wasn't twenty first. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, yeah, in the uh, the what is it? The international pit stake, yeah, stake, whatever they call it. Um, so yeah, so I saw saw the start. I was a little bit further down. I think I was about middle of the pack, but looked at, just saw Lewis Hamilton absolutely fly off the line, and he almost took the lead. Uh, Weber. Oh yeah, I, I'm now remembering how crazy this race was because the Ferraris were the worst. Just they just did not know how to stay on the track. <laughs> no. Um, but before that, uh, Mark Webber spun on the hangar straight and, and dropped to last, which was a very sketchy incident, as far as I remember. Yeah, he was, was facing backwards. It was scary. It was really, really, really wet, and obviously visibility is really poor. And he was, uh, as you can, as we mentioned, he was right at the front of the grid. Uh, Hamilton got an unbelievable start, like you said, and almost took the lead from fourth. Uh, it was such a good slingshot, but uh, Kovalainen... It's a very short run down towards It's, it's a short well. run down, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Kovalainen was able to sweep around the outside of Cops, very close, actually, to colliding these two at that, that point. Um, but Weber was, was up there in the top four, spun, and then obviously the whole grid of flying past. He's rolling backwards, uh, just hoping that that no one hits him. Uh, quite the the sketchy moment, um, but yeah, uh, Massa as well that started spinning, started uh, 
one of many spins <laughs> and did the same thing. So Weber dropped right to the back uh, and then Massa was like, no, I want to be last and spun <laughs> uh, at the uh, the new first corner. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but if you're, you're new to Formula One, uh, it's not always been that way. So the new first corner at Silverstone and that new start finish straight, they used to go into a left, right, quite quick chicane and under a bridge and a, a corner called Bridge, which was a fantastic corner, like really, really quick, awesome corner. Uh, and Massa spun there and had an equally sketchy moment where he's going backwards, um, <laughs> rolling past uh, and looked very scary. Yes, it, it certainly was. Uh, I don't know what was ro- uh, wrong with the Ferraris uh, that particular day. Maybe they had dry tyres that looked like wet tyres, but I'm, I'm really not sure. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, it was a crazy start to the race uh, for sure. Um, we then had on lap five, uh, Hamilton passing teammate Kova Linen into Stowe Corner. Uh, didn't look like Hakey made it particularly difficult for him. Uh, Hamilton just no. lunged up the inside and was like, thank you very much. I will be taking that. Uh, and then it was pretty much game over uh, after Kovalainen and then spun and dropped behind Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> yeah. So our last that time when podcast was about Jensen Button and his Canadian Grand Prix um, and him flip-flopping throughout the grid, spoiler alert, that doesn't happen in this because Hamilton just <laughs> see you later, everyone. I'm off. Um, and yeah, once Hamilton gets past Kovalainen, um, he's, I mean, Kimi keeps him honest at the start of the race, but uh, yeah, Kovalainen spins, drop behind Raikkonen, and then we get into the pit stops. Was it before the pit stops that we had one of the strangest spins? Uh, I think it was a Toro Rosso fighting. Um... Oh no, that's later in the race where he spins in front of him. Yeah, I think that was uh, yeah, a later. later yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had the first stops. Um, so Hamilton pitted for new inters, uh, and then Ferrari gambled and left Kimi Raikkonen on the same tyres. The rain then returned, and of course, you know, if you're on wearing intermediate tyres, they don't clear as much water. Uh, so then Hamilton had an enormous advantage uh, over Kimi Raikkonen, who, uh, as I say, Ferrari had left out on track. Not like Ferrari to bottle strategy, is it? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they they did the the classic slicked immediates tactic with Kimi, uh, and it didn't work because obviously they came in, refueled, Hamilton changed tires, and then because it rained again, he was looking great because he had nice tread in his tires, and Kimi Raikkonen just had an absolute mare and was uh, dropping back five seconds a lap, pretty much, um, and just. Oh, no. Actually, the spin happened on lap 12, Tommy. I'll have you know, the one that I'm talking about. Uh, oh. The Toro Rosso and I can't even remember, I can't for the life of me remember the name of this team with Kingfisher uh, branding on the, Force on the India. rear wing. Was it, was it Force India then? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was oh, like I must have missed that from the sheet, sorry. Yeah, lap 12 um, oh, okay. was a crazy old spin, uh, just literally on the straights. There was big puddles of standing water. Um, so very treacherous for the drivers, but no worries. It was always, sorry. Yeah. It was always in that same part as well. Wasn't it? There must've been a massive puddle at bridge, uh, just before like the, what is now the new pit straight, if you like. Um, yeah. Spun off. Uh, A lot of people had incidents there. So next up we had Nick Heidfeld doing Nick Heidfeld things of 
not winning a race, but looking really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he did an awesome, awesome move um, just before, well, I guess it would be the final corner uh, of this old layout uh, for yeah. P2, uh, which was on uh, Fernando Alonso and who was it on? Uh, he did, did a remember? double move. He did two double moves. So his first double move was on, was I think it was Truly and Alonso, I want to say. And then he did another double move later uh, on Kovalainen and Kimi to uh, to get into second. And yeah, I think we mentioned it a few times um, because, well, by the time this goes out, maybe science has got his record. We don't know, but we, um, know. we will, will not know. But uh, Heidfeld, as time of recording, uh, a lot of P2s. The most, right? The most P2s without a win? The most podiums. Most podiums. Uh, he's got, he's got uh, 13, 13 podiums without a win. Carlos signed currently on 11 as of recording. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, he, he then passed. He did a double move on a Ferrari and, yeah, Kovalainen. Uh, to take P2. So yeah, he absolutely loved the double move into that final corner. It was unbelievable scenes uh, from Heidfeld, but unfortunately Hamilton was three days clear. So (laughs) uh, he uh, he had no chance of winning, but yeah, so the rain uh, started getting worse. PK Jr. spun, was out of the race and also, yeah, beached it. GG's, take care. (laughs) And then also uh, Felipe Massa, Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Raikkonen and Robert Kubica all have spins. So even Hamilton was not completely faultless uh, during this uh, during this race because the weather just kept wanting to change and just provide that extra element of action. Yeah, the I I can't believe it wasn't red flagged at this point because it's absolutely chucking it down. There's obviously a big puddle, uh, or at least you know like a safety car or something, but there's a big puddle clearly in. Uh, and it was just a lot of standing water that was catching everyone out because no one was on intermediates. Sorry, everyone was on intermediates at this point. No one had gone for the full wets yet. And um, yeah, it was it was catching so many people out. And some people were, were spinning uh, and survived. Uh, but Kubica actually did, did a PK later on and spun himself and went into that gravel trap and was out. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, but it was incredibly wet. And when we say that Hamilton had a spin, I mean he spun from being about a million. A minute, clear. Clear. yeah, like thirty seconds. I think he had a gap on Heidfeld at this point, and he just, um, just like a pirouette and just carried on. <laughs> I love the. Um, so was it Raikkonen that went for an absolute spin, McGee? Uh, yeah, like, a bridge. Just, yeah, it just felt like this track when it was old, like older. There was there was less sort of barriers around, and they could literally just spin, but then like end up somewhere near the track again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just go off for a spin, and then oh, I'm back on the track again. Yeah, he just spun off out of bridge, and then there was just the way the old final sector kind of happened rather than the Wellington straight, you kind of looped round. And yeah, he just went on that grass and just eventually found his way back onto the track because there was just so much like, not it wasn't even runoff, it was just grass, just like a huge grass area uh, <laughs> around there. And uh, yeah, the Ferraris loved a spin in this race. Yeah, they spun so many times. It was ridiculous. Um so yeah, then the second pit stops uh, came around. Hamilton and Heidfeld pit for Inters. Hamilton already had a, a huge lead, uh, so he didn't really have to worry. He could 
go and have a cup of tea if you wanted to. Um, and then Barrichello pit with 20 laps to go for four wets. And he was flying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we were thinking if Barrichello wasn't so far behind Hamilton, you know, what, what could he do here? He, like, when we say flying, like, it was insane how much quicker he was. So I don't know why, but no one else decided to gamble on the full wets. But Barry Kello did. And it must have just been a case of, you know, classic Formula One where they're all looking at their radars going, no, it won't get worse. It's going to dry up. Um, Barry Kello was lapping nine seconds quicker than everyone. And he went from, I, I can't find the position he was in when he pitted, um, but it's it was the Honda. Um, so he wasn't really in the race. For example, he did qualify 16. So he's not, he's not a front runner. So he's probably, you know, mid pack at this point, uh, tail end of the field. Um, and he was so much quicker than everyone that he just flew through the field and almost completely unnoticed built a 20 second lead on Heidfeld in second place, (laughs) which is just absolutely crazy. Um, and, this is this is the point where I cannot believe this race wasn't red flagged because my days it was absolutely treacherous. But Barrichello was just loving life. I wonder if that was another reason why people didn't pit for for the full wets because they're like this will probably get red flagged here or safety car or something, and there's no yeah. point risking a pit stop. But yeah, Barrichello um, was just flying through the field, and it's really unfortunate actually because he would have had an easy P two in this race, but when um, the track dried out later and and everyone and he went back on to the inters um he had a problem in the pits which cost him uh a place and cost him quite a bit of time but he could have easily been second by quite a comfortable margin with this unbelievable gamble that i cannot believe no one else tried very strange um so in the midst of all this uh massa had a couple more spins yeah um (laughs) just loving life at the back of the field just not being able to keep the the car uh, facing the right direction. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. Hamilton came over the line to win by a massive 68 seconds. He lapped everyone up to Kimi Raikkonen in fourth. Uh, and it turned out to be the biggest winning margin since the 1995 Australian Grand Prix. And the title yes. battle at this point looked pretty spicy, didn't it, Tommy? It did, yeah. Yeah. The- the 1995 Australian Grand Prix won't gloss over that because Damon Hill was the guy that won. <laughs> he, won <laughs> he won by two laps. Did uh, he? Yeah, he won by two laps of Palace. I think everyone just retired in that race. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. It was the last race at um, Adelaide, the old Adelaide street circuit. Um, yeah, just before before we go on to the title, Massa um, spun near the end of the race and uh, it was his fifth spin. Uh, Massa actually finished 13th, two laps down and spun five times. And this is the days before Twitter, but imagine the memes that Massa would have gone through uh, spinning five times in a race, especially he being in B. He would have had that red yeah. B, the spin. Yeah, he would have been the spinyala before, before Vettel. But uh, yes, the title was looking tasty, to say the least, an understatement. Uh, after the standings after the race were Lewis Hamilton in first on 48 points, Felipe Massa in second on 48 points, Raikkonen in third on 48 points, <laughs> and Kubica in fourth on 46 points. 
So you had two points separated. Bearing in mind, this four. was 10 for a win. 10 for Let's a win. Just remind people of that Yeah, as well. but still crazy. I mean, what's oh, a, yeah. ridiculous. What's the title? And yeah, Kubica was very much in the title fight. Which Until is uh, they were like, nah, that's not. We, we don't want the title this year. We'll, we'll, we'll develop for next year. How yeah, that and that went very well. <laughs> terribly. Absolutely terribly. So yeah, there you go, everybody. That is... That time when Hamilton almost lapped the entire field. Was that Hamilton's best ever drive? Difficult to measure, but I would... It's definitely one that stuck in the mind, especially having been... Having only joined F1 the year before, it was a massive (laughs) statement for that year, I would say, as well. You know, he wanted to win that championship. He wanted to silence the critics, to win at your home race. I'm sure there was so much motivation and fuel that came from winning in such a style. Yeah, and the previous two races, which we mentioned before, where the press were on his back a little bit, and then he's like, I'm going to win by over a minute and lap my title rival. Uh, Well, one of them once and one of them twice. (laughs) Uh, it was an unbelievable drive. Uh, it's it's definitely up there, and I think it's it shows what a great driver Lewis Hamilton is. That a drive like that, you can pick others, and it's not even guaranteed for it to be his best drive. It's definitely up there. It's hard to. It's, it's had so many great drives. I mean, the the greats in the sport. Uh, Shumi is another one that I feel like has this where you can't pick one race because he has had so many of these amazing drives. And I feel like Hamilton's the same where you could put, he's probably done about 10 races that would be any other driver's best win. Mm. It's crazy. So yeah, unbelievable drive, but to do it so early in his career as well. um, Unbelievable. What a drive. It's pretty good, this uh, Lewis Hamilton. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of his uh, career goes. Yeah, wonder. Yeah, wonder how it'll go. <laughs> All right, well, there you go, everybody. Thank you uh, for listening in to this That Time When. Uh, it's been a pleasure to bring it to you. Thank you to Tommy, uh, the WTF1 founder, uh, for all of his insights and boomer references and everything else uh, hashtag wtf1 podcast if you want to get involved and uh, suggest any other that time when topics uh, that you'd like us to cover uh, please do give us a five-star rating and a thumbs up or a lovely bit of feedback we do read them all and make sure that you're lovely and nice with everything that you say and if you're still here at this point you've probably had a great time so let us know in the uh, feedback okay i'm gonna stop talking thank you everybody <laughs> see you soon bye-bye Goodbye. Don't know why I'm waving. It's audio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.